0: Hi, everybody. This is John here. This is Paul, George, and Ringo. And we're very happy to be on your program once
1: again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to show number 70 of Beatles News Briefs, your home for all the news you need to know and the best talk from the Beatles world. I'm your host, Steve Marinucci, and we have a full show today with two big interviews. Our first guests are direct from Liverpool at International Beatles Week, Uh, Beatles fan Olivia Ann Morris Fox, John Keats from The Cavern, who's one of the organizers, and also Danilo Fiani, who plays George Harrison in the uh, Beatles tribute band from Brazil, The Blue Beatles. We also have a second interview with Jonathan Pushkar, whose new, very Beatles-influenced single, Isabella, has just dropped about the time we're recording this, and you'll get to hear it later in the show. But first, a little bit of news. Uh, New York got to see A beetle on a Rooftop when Ringo Starr played at a show at the rooftop at Pier 17 on August 18th with his all-star band. The show started late because of rain, but then Ringo and the band did their set. While in New York, Ringo gave an interview to the New York Daily News. He said, no one will understand the emotion of us landing in America, but it was New York and all of the music we loved came from there. It was just far out. And he said, I love playing with other musicians, I love the audience, and they love me. Talking about his current life. He talked a little bit about Abbey Road, but the album, not the upcoming set. He said, I just love Side 2. Bathroom Window and Polythene Pam like short bits because they hadn't finished the songs, really. The other thing I'm really always proud of is that there was a bit of tension. Not all the time, not as much as people like to think. But if you counted it in, everybody gave their all. Nobody said, oh well, not my song. Nobody held back. You did your best every take. About his own new album, he says it's almost ready to be released. I've got the album finished and we're trying to decide a cover, he said. And about his life in general, he said, I love to paint. I love to play music. I love to make records. And I love to go on tour. I love life. The Magical Beatles Museum in Liverpool is featuring an audience and signing session with former Beatle Pete Best on August 26th. And now here's our first interview. It's direct from Liverpool and International Beatles Week with Beatle fan Olivia Ann Morris-Fox, who's attending, John Keats of The Cavern, who's one of the organizers, and Danilo Fiani, who plays George Harrison in the Brazilian tribute group The Blue Beatles. And also making a very quick appearance, because he was ill and he couldn't stick around, is Bill Heckle, co-owner of The Cavern. There's more show after The Cavern, so don't go away. And here we go with the interview. I'm talking to Liverpool, and uh, I've got uh, some some people that are at uh, International Beatle Week. Let me start with Olivia Ann, a friend of mine uh, on Facebook. Hello, Olivia.
2: Hi, Steve. How are you today?
1: Hey, would you introduce everybody else that's there?
2: I'd be delighted to. We have John Keats, who's one of the main movers and shakers of this magnificent international Beatles week. and we have uh, Danilo Fiani from the band The Blue Beatles in Brazil, and we're here to Share a little of our thoughts with your <clears throat> listeners today. Oh, Bill! To... Bill is there? Oh, hello, Bill. I've just
3: popped in. Just to say hello, Steve. Long time no see or no hear. But I'm full yeah. of flu. We've I'm never. Full...
1: Oh my gosh! It's very nice of you to show up, Bill. Um, uh, yeah, we have not met before. We have not. We have not met. Um, I mean, I've I've c- communicated with you many times over the years, but we have not. This is the first time <laughs> we've talked. So when did things start?
2: Well, there are official dates. So we can tell you the official dates were yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, but we have all kinds of dates. My official date was last Saturday because I can't bear to not wander all over Liverpool and see all her wonderful people and attractions and food and everything else. So I was here Saturday and then, of course, the fun <clears> is everybody <throat> starts joining from all over the world. But officially, everything started yesterday, and we got our arm bands and tickets and everything today.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. And exactly, what's your itinerary? Just, I'm just curious.
2: Uh, my itinerary is to stand upright as long as I can with no sleep, <laughs> and uh, to hear every single band that's here on four or four <clears> or <throat> five stages simultaneously, which you know is impossible. Right. So we climb stairs, listen to music, uh, and sleep a few minutes and go back at it. So my itinerary is to stay through middle week and keep listening to music at the cavern a day or so later and I come home later this month.
0: Okay.
1: Are you going to are you going to a Best Fest? Are you going to mm-hmm. Pete Best thing?
2: Am I going to? Be- oh, you mean the event that's part of International Beetle Week?
4: Right. you referring to Best Fest, which is the Saturday evening.
2: Yes. No. No. I'm not going to make that this year. I went one year, and it was quite. <coughs> I- I'll tell you honestly, uh, the combination of seeing the cavern stage, is both stages, and going to the Casbah was. Um, An overwhelming experience, truly, until I saw them. I couldn't really wrap my brain around what really happened to these boys. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, George was a child when all this started. He got indoctrinated pretty quickly. But until you've stood in these places and seen where it was they started, you just can't really understand how much things changed. Uh, And so... I try to take in as much as possible, and now I've been here. This is my third year, uh, and of course there are people who've been here every year. But I will say that everyone who's here just tucks new people in immediately, and it's it's just such a wonderful experience. If you are a beetle lover. And you haven't been here at least once, you not prepared yourself. You need to be I'm talking to
1: you, Steve. Yes, I, yes, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, let's start. Uh, is that is that John right there uh, yeah. next to you? Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, John. Um, uh, what, uh, uh, I, I don't know what to, uh, to to say as far. as, I mean, uh, what are you going to be uh, dealing with as far as uh, events this week? We've
4: we've got so many events going on, as uh, Olivia Ann said. It starts. It started on Wednesday, and Wednesday and Thursday, it's pretty much based around the cabin, uh, the cabin club, and the pub. And then from Friday right away through Tuesday, we sort of we expand the whole festival. So we start taking all of our guests out to all these. Amazing events, um, you know. For example, on Saturday, we're taking two thousand people out to the kasbah and the, the village of West Derby, where the kasbah is. So we've got to bus two thousand people. That's all the guests and all the musicians. Oh my gosh! Uh, and that's because the Casbar is tiny. Obviously, you can only get about forty people in there. So we've got a, a, an outside stage at the kasbah, and then we've got we've taken over three of the pubs in the village. And we've got five stages in the pool, so even on a Saturday, it's like it's like. We, we, I think we are quite insane, anyway. But it's like it's like a festival within the festival. So that's just one thing we do. So there's there's different. We we take over theatres. We take over. Uh, we take over everything, really. We take over one of the the big the, the biggest hotel in Liverpool, the Adelphi Hotel. We take over that for the whole week. That is the base, and that's where. I have to say, it's always Olivia and. That's where Olivia Ann can be. She can be seen drinking till six, <laughs> drinking till six a.m. every morning. Yep. We have,
2: we, I we confirmed
4: have, that. Yeah, yeah, we we have, we send security to get say you got to sleep, but at least an hour.
2: You know, you know my my uh, <clears throat> sky vodka story. So you know that's not true. But try to keep up with all the babies around here, and, and they think I do a fairly decent job.
1: <laughs> um uh you know having not been there it's hard for me to uh, and maybe for other people that haven't been been there it's hard almost to imagine you know what takes over you know what international beatles week does to liverpool what 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 does it do is that is that does that does that question make sense
4: yeah absolutely no i mean 34 years the festival's been going now um and I always say this, and I'm, you know, even my, my family laugh at me. I say, for, for people involved in Beatle Week, regulars to Beatle Week, people who organise Beatle Week, and to Liverpool, because we're so used to Beatle Week, you map your year out with Christmas, Easter, Beatle Week, Christmas, Easter, Beatle. Week. It's mm-hmm. it's just part. I mean, you'd agree with that. It's it's part of it's part of your year, and and for this one week, I mean, it's every day in Liverpool now is Beatle. Beatle Day, because there's so many great things to do and so many authentic uh, experiences for Beatle fans. But for this one week, there is a complete buzz in the city because you know we've got thousands of um, guests from all over the world. We've got, we always bring 70 bands from all over the world. We've got 73 Beatle tribute bands from 23 different countries this year. So you put all the musicians in the mix, you put the, the guests in the mix, and it just, it really does turn into a, a huge party in Liverpool for, for this week. And, and it's, as is as keeping with, of course, with, the, you know, the Beatles' message themselves, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all, it sounds a cliche, but it's, it's love. And it's, it's, it's so some friendship. And
2: it really is me, just
4: so beautiful. Yeah. And it's, it's, I've been involved for myself since 1990, which is a long time. And, you know, you make friends for life. And each year you make new friends, and as as we said, you know you, you're welcomed into this 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 wonderful party of Beatles lunacy for a week. And the, the man you, you might speak to in a minute, uh, Danilo from Brazil, he's probably one of the craziest musicians we bring over,
2: <laughs> and one of the loveliest <laughs> fellows uh, who just uh, is a perfectionist in his work and. Uh, plays. He's a George, so of course you know I'm all about that. And Danilo just so honors Gretsch guitars by whom he's endorsed, uh, which of course was George's first, uh, as he said, his first decent guitar. And Danilo, before I even knew him, had George's guitar, as do I. And um, he, with his band, the Blue Beatles Uh, just makes wonderful music. But before we move on uh, you were talking about you didn't really know what to ask. Let me give you a sense of today. Uh, We got up um, after four hours of sleep and met a universe of friends that I see once or twice a year because I not only have been here for three years at International Beatle Week in Liverpool but I also go to Abbey Road on the river and that's how I've met many of these bands and people who I see here. Mm -hmm. And last I saw something, I get, you know me well enough to know I weep at anything lovely. And last Uh night I was watching a band whose name I really can't pronounce very well. Um, it's like Sonico, amazing band, two piece band. And, um, the drummer was watching me because of course, you know, I'm always right in front of the stage and I saw some people come in and we all hugged and kissed and and he just melted. And then a few minutes later, he said, no, all of us getting together and sharing peace and love and being together uh, is really what all the music is about. And that's true. And this festival uh embodies that the people of liverpool are astonishing they are all delightful as i'm wandering around if i can if i stop to figure out where i am people will come up to me and say may i help you it's <laughs> lovely so
1: i've he- i've heard stories about that and i you know i and i have met a few people from liverpool over here but yeah it it that makes you know you keep hearing that and it's really true you know, well,
2: this morning, and we had, I don't know, three, four, five stages uh, full all day of magnificent artists. And so, of course, it's the game of how do you see everybody all the time? And you can't. Uh, and I'll have you know we love you much because we're missing one of our favorite bands while we're doing this. And um, I want you to talk to Danilo for a while and let him give you his perspective
1: of okay. okay I just wanted to ask though who's the who are who are among the the big names that are showing up this year
4: um, well to be honest with the, with the big names in terms of guests uh, this year we've got um, for the first time ever we've got Jack Douglas who obviously produced John's double fantasy right you don't imagine so Jacks with us on Sunday for the the main convention day we've got Mark Hudson uh, Ringo's former producer, co-writer. He's back with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's quite a regular, and he's, he always brings a lot, a lot of fun to the, the party. <laughs> uh, we've got Alan White uh, from Yes, obviously, John's Plastic Ono Band. Because mm-hmm. it's the 50th anniversary of Toronto. Uh, right. Toronto. So God, we've got-
1: I, you know, I didn't even think about that. My gosh, yeah. another 50th anniversary.
4: Wow. And, uh, so we, we've actually got Alan teamed up with one of our guys who um, sings a great John Lennon part. And we're recreating the live piece in Toronto with Alan on drums on uh, on, on Sunday, complete with a Yoko. Uh, so they're the, they're the main guests. Uh, we've got one of your finest People tribute bands headlining tomorrow's show. Uh, we've got the Fab Four. Oh so they, yeah, uh, good good friends of ours. We've we've had them over a few times, and we were lucky to uh, meet up with them in LA in April for a few few beers. Um, so they're headlining tomorrow. Uh, we've got Mark McGann, who you may be familiar with, who's um, portrayed John John Lennon mm-hmm. many years ago in John and Yoko, a love story, the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he still does a fantastic, um, really honest tribute to John. So he's he's headlining our our theatre show Saturday. We've got a great band from Sweden, Pepperland, who are doing paying tribute to Abbey Road on the anniversary of Abbey Road. So there's, but really, they're they're the big acts, but. It's it's the other sixty bands, you know. Some some of these bands you come over and you bring sometimes you bring the band over for the first time, and they've they've got to wear the stripes really. But some some of these bands that come over and you think well, you know, they should be on it. They they should be on a theatre show because the standard throughout, as I'm sure we'll all agree, the standard and the the different sometimes different interpretations that the bands bring. and Certainly with the, the Latin American bands, they bring their own spin on things. Um, so, eat, but there's no real stars of People Week. You know, it's everyone from from um, the bands to the the, the the regulars and the guests. It's 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 it is one big um, big family, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Danilo, nice to meet you. Um, Hi. nice to meet you too. Um, so, your band is is the Blue Beetles. Yes. And how long have you been with them?
3: I I joined the band on December uh, 2012, so my first year in Liverpool was 13, and I've been coming every year since. I I would just add to what John said: being a Brazilian living in Rio, I have Christmas Carnival, (laughs) and then it's a week. It's something like uh, it's it's just positiveness. It's just it's just a matter of really love and positiveness, and once. If you've never been, uh, I'd like to warn you that once you come, you want, you want to come every year because you get a big... <laughs> it's so nice. It's it's good to play, of course, like I was uh, talking with Joe Kane, who's playing bass for this year, since our bassist, Mario, couldn't come. He's been coming for since 2010, so it was very sad. But not being able to come this year So, but I was talking to Joe like we are very anxious to, to go up on stage our first will be tonight at midnight uh, so it's a big part of the thing but but the other big part of the thing being a musician really uh, it's about people meeting friends that we make and this is the, the moment of the year that we we are able to see lots of people that we got to know here in, in Liverpool and and we get anxious to come back and to see everybody, uh, to party and to have some pints down the cover and leaving the Delphi, and it's a real party. Really, it's like a wheel of positiveness. It's it's an amazing event. You get addicted to that. Please come and reserve your August. Every year, you you will want to return. <laughs>
1: what what I mean? What do you what do you do to play George? What? Olivia, obviously, if you get gotten a good review from Olivia, I mean, you're doing a good job. But, but, just, just, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) But from uh, from your perspective, you know, what do you, when you formulate the character that you're playing, what do you do? Uh, How do you how do you come into that?
3: I, I really don't. I, I started to learn the guitar when I was a teenager, and a friend of mine from school, he, he lent me a cassette of a collection of, of some Beatles songs. And my father is a professional acoustic guitar, in nylon string guitar in Brazil, but I never wanted to learn the guitar until I listened to the Beatles, and, and so I got connected to George Harrison's guitar very early, so it was something that it, it, it really... Got into me in a way, uh, in a very deep way. I, I remember when I was uh, at the university studying. Ge- I'm a geographer, and I didn't have any much money, so I, I, I bought these old vinyls from George Harrison's solo solo career because mm-hmm. they were very cheap at that time. They're not that cheap anymore because vinyl became uh, something that people want to buy. But 20 years ago, it was very cheap in Brazil, so I could buy those, those vinyls from Harrison uh, solo career, and, and I, I, I got a big fan, and I think there's something that helped me along, because my, my father, being a nylon string guitarist, he, he gets big nails on the right hand, and that's the way I learned to play the guitar, finger picking uh, with my nails, so it helped me to learn uh, the slide guitar that Harrison plays, because he needs to play different strings and mute to other ones. So I think in a way uh, it helped me to, to play the slide, which is a very characteristic thing of Josh Harrison's guitar. So I think, I think it's just, I was a very big fan of, of his music. So that's all about it, I guess.
1: What, song, what songs do you play on stage? Pardon me? What songs do you play on stage?
3: By Harrison. Oh, we play some. Uh, we play "Anita Pity." We're gonna do "Wawa." This this uh, this festival. Um, we do play uh, "Your Love Is Forever," which is a beautiful ballad from the George Harrison album Seventy Nine. Uh, we're gonna do "Blow Away." We have some some of uh, Harrison's solo. Of course, we do "My Sweet Lord" and the, the more well-known songs. But and we, you we did- do have a. And um, you probably,
1: and and which which Harrison? I mean, uh, do you do all the Harrison Beatles songs? Something? Uh, don't bother me.
3: Yes, we do. We I, I don't think we'll be doing these songs for this year because uh, we try to focus focus on more B sided stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, because that that's that's a good thing about Beatles Week too. Because we can play all the B sides that we want, and people will know and like. <clears throat> It's not like on our regular shows in Rio that we do need to play the hits. So here we can play with these sides and be happy because people <coughs> like it. So
2: maybe mm. some sorry, point, sorry. Uh, No, no. One yeah. of the things before we move off that Danilo touched on that you sh- would understand, as you know, George was known as being one of the finest slide guitarists, uh, electric guitarists there ever was. Right, and. Very few uh, tribute artists try to master, or if they do, they don't present George's slide work. And really what um, attracted me to Danilo's work was that he has managed to not only replicate the notes, but he gets the nuance of how George plays slide. And it's really wonderful. And so I just wanted that to be something that as he was talking about learning slide and all that, your listeners may not know <clears throat> that that's a very unusual and great uh, talent to have.
1: Yeah. I have to confess that uh, back. Uh, if I mean, I played guitar in, my, in the past. I don't play it much anymore, but I played, I love slide guitar and I have, uh, I have, Tried and and it, Harrison's technique is not something you pick up very easily. It's 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 very individual. It's very unique. And so, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What are you? You're looking. You guys are looking off at something. Uh, we were
0: looking you at George. Can't see us. Uh, we, we didn't I think, you said you
2: couldn't see us. We didn't think you I could can, see us.
1: Yeah. Oh no, I can I can see you, but you can't see me. Oh, i am uh, playing with my
2: nose. You want to see it? <laughs> ah, okay, so there he is. Can you see him hiding? Ah, in?
1: no. Oh, there's a picture of him. Oh, there's something. <laughs> there's something. In, something in front of it, but yeah. Oh, okay. There's John. I see that.
2: And Stu and, and there's the boys.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those are, God, those pictures are beautiful. Those are uh, all... um,
4: Astrid's work, yeah. Yeah, they're
2: they're beautiful. I don't see my favorite of John and George, though. My favorite is after Stu died, and they were up in the attic, and John was Mm. bereft, and little George, the baby brother, had his hand on his shoulder, and to me, that's the most touching photo Astrid ever took. I love everything he did, but that's my
1: Any of you guys ever meet Astrid? I haven't.
4: I, I haven't. She, she she has been to the festival in the past as a guest, but uh, it's before I was one of the organisers. But she, she she has been here, yeah, a couple of times. In fact, she the, the the images that we got in our boardroom now, uh, they they were signed. They were a gift from Astrid last time she was over, huh. and they were signed for us from 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 Astrid.
1: I'm I'm she was a, she did a, a West Coast Beetle Fest many years ago and and I met her and she was she was very she was fantastic she was she was she was you know uh, I I don't know how to describe it I do remember though that uh, there was a disc jockey questioning her and he got I guess a little too personal for her about about uh you know her relationships with the Beatles and with Stu and she she wouldn't have any of it she was very yeah. She was very forceful, but she was she was wonderful to talk to. She yeah. was really wonderful. I, d- I did talk to her a little bit, and, and she was very nice. But yeah, um, <clears> so well, um, I don't want to keep you guys. You guys have to get out of there pretty soon, don't you? Um, yeah.
2: Yeah,
4: so. yeah. So I, so I want to be. I, I've still got work to do. These two want to get back into the bar. Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> 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 okay.
1: Well, you guys, you guys have fun, and um, thank you, thank you all for taking the time to to do this.
4: Um, nice, nice to almost meet you. Nice thank to you.
1: almost meet you too. And I okay.
2: hope your listeners uh, enjoy this and start making their plans to be here. Either, uh, you know, in my perspective this we're talking about International Beetle Week, and of course that's our main focus. But already mm first gathers twice a year at least if not more Uh, and a lot of my friends come to Abbey Road on the River in May and of course they need to make their plans to be back here next year because it's wonderful and John and all the organizers I will say this this is something everybody needs to know Mm -hmm. the organizers and every single staff person without any exception I've ever seen, is courteous, kind, and bends over backwards to help you be here and have a wonderful trip and a wonderful experience. So I couldn't, Five Stars isn't close enough to where this uh, festival and all the artists and promoters and staff put this. And so I hope everybody will find themselves here
4: soon. I guess I'll have to buy the beer, yes. though. <laughs>
2: um, just,
1: just to, just to be, um, uh, to give people um, a, a specific location, Abbey Road on the River is Memorial Day weekend next year. And where, where is it? It's, uh, is it? Uh...
2: Indiana, and of okay. course, National Beetle Week is where it all is. Um, right, can't be replicated. It's in Liverpool it's, in Liverpool. it's wonderful. So okay. both of the festivals are terrific, and I know that there are others all over the world, but those are the ones that I focus on.
1: Okay, yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Anyway, all thank you all very much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. I, I, I've got my thumbs up too, although you can't see them. But, so <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop the recording, and we're back. Magazine alerts. People Magazine has published a special edition celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Beatles' Abbey Road, and editor Bill King has announced a new issue of his Beatle fan magazine featuring a look back at the summer of 69 by Beatles author Bruce Spicer. And here's the latest Beatles chart news. For the Billboard dated August 24th, it looks like the... Anticipation for the Abbey Road box set is already starting to happen because Abbey Road is up at 69, taking a huge jump from number 92 last week. The Beatles one is at 73, up one from 74. On the vinyl chart, Abbey Road is there, it's mentioned again, it's at number 3, up from number 8 last week. And Sgt. Pepper has re-entered the vinyl chart at number 14. On the Artist 100, the Beatles are at number 36, up from number 41. Now here's our interview with Jonathan Pushkar about his new Beatles-influenced single, Isabella. And if you're a Mickey Dolan's Monkeys fan, you want to listen. Anyway, here we go. Talking with Jonathan Pushkar, whose single Isabella, which has a lot of Beatles influence, drops August 23rd. That's the day after we're taping this on Gem Records. The album, called Straighten Up, will be released September 27th, and the title is a loose homage to Bad Fingers Straight Up. It has ten songs, nine of which are Pushkar originals. Welcome, Jonathan.
5: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
1: You have some well-known names on the album. Sandy Gennaro, who's uh, drummed for uh, Cindy Lauper, Joan Jett, and the Monkees, who appears on Boyfriend, and it's all right. Bill Sinkiu and Jeff Allen Ross, who I know basically from badfinger and working with peter asher and al jardine uh, are also on boyfriend, uh boyfriend but the one that caught me was you have rob shanahan the music photographer for ringo on i'd rather be late than never how did you do that what's he do
5: yeah so rob is a really really good friend of mine uh and if anybody out there has had the pleasure of meeting rob i'm sure you would agree that he's just one of the nicest, nicest guys in the music industry. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have,
1: nice. I have, I have met him and actually, uh, we did a, at a, a Ringo show, um, a couple of, a few years ago, he and I were photographing kind of side by side. I was watching him and I mean, I'm not even close, not even anywhere near his neighborhood. He's just absolutely fantastic. And his pictures are tremendous, tremendous. Oh, They
5: really are. Yeah. He, he's just captured so many amazing moments of, uh, Ringo and of course Ringo and Paul together and so many other great artists too but uh I met Rob at a Fest for Beatles fans in uh New Jersey years and years ago and he's just kind of taken me under his wing and mentored me as I was you know coming up in the music business and uh he's definitely introduced me to some cool cats and now we work together uh so uh in addition to that he was on this song he played drums on it and uh he plays in a Rolling Stones tribute band so He's got that Charlie groove, and this song was a little more uh, loud and raucous, perhaps, than the other ones on the album, so I thought he was the perfect fit, and he recorded his drum part in L.A., and uh, the rest is history, so it's I, a really fun track.
1: I didn't know... I, I've, I've talked to him and interviewed him, and I did not know he played drums uh, in a Rolling Stones tribute band. That's that's wonderful. That's I wonder well, why... I heard it here first. Yeah, and I wonder why Ringo's never asked him... Well, I mean, obviously, Ringo drums on his own albums, but I wonder why... With the the way Ringo's albums are, and they're kind of family affairs that uh, that uh, Shanahan uh, doesn't uh, doesn't make an appearance on one of his albums. But anyway, and and you recently saw Ringo? Where did you see him, and how how was the show?
5: Oh, it was awesome! I saw him here at uh, the Ryman in Nashville, oh, and uh, coincidentally, you? I went. Yeah, coincidentally, I went with Sandy Gennaro, who played drums on uh, the album, who we just mentioned a minute or two ago. So we had a great time and. Uh, you know it's pretty cool standing there next to one of your favorite drummers, watching your other favorite drummer. So it was a really rewarding night, and uh, Ringo sounds as like great as ever. I, you know, I would absolutely go again.
1: How, where was it, where did the ca- the influence for the catchy melody from uh, for Isabella come from?
5: Oh well, thank you for the kind words on the song. There, uh, I I just really love that you know '60s Beatles-driven sound and you know, perhaps the only band that's a bigger influence on me than the Beatles are The Wonders, who perceptive listeners will recognize as the band from That Thing You Do, the Mm -hmm. movie, which, of course, it's a fictional band, but, you know, all all of their songs in that movie are just so perfectly crafted to be that 60s British-influenced pop. And, uh, you know, that, That Thing You Do is actually my favorite song of all time. It trumps any Beatles song. So anytime I sit down to write a song, I try to think about, you know, some of those really fun and interesting melodic chord changes in that song specifically. And, uh, you know, I just try to think how to put my own spin on that and make it sound unique and fresh and modern but vintage. And, you know, sometimes when I do that, it comes out a little something like Isabella.
1: <laughs> I actually, when I was listening to the song, I heard um, some. I heard, do You Want to Know a Secret? I heard And Your Bird Can Sing. Which I, which is Whoa. my, which is my favorite song, my favorite Beatles song, uh, because I love the, the, the guitar in there, and I also heard the birds. the the Are are you?
0: Uh,
1: I mean, are you a fan of the birds at all? Or, oh my gosh, yes,
5: a fan might be an understatement. I, uh, I pretty much exclusively play my Rickenbacker twelve string. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's Rick and Backer, uh makes an appearance on every single song on the album even like the slow ballady acoustic song I found a way to work it in and um you know that's just really a part of my signature sound if I could venture so far to say um so to that point I really uh you know draw a lot of influence from McGuinn and uh you know that 12-string guitar that he put in there but I I personally think that I dial it back a little bit more you know I think that one of the really amazing things about the Beatles specifically it's how tasteful George could be sometimes Mm -hmm. you know he might wait an entire uh you know song just to come in for a solo and then you never hear from George again because it was less about playing through the whole song and more about playing when it mattered so that's something that is really um influential to me is that you know you don't need guitars all over the place they just need to show up where they matter and uh you know I suppose that's one of the Beatle secrets if you will that I've picked up on so um Yeah, that's kind of where all the influences for Isabella came from. A little all over the map, but all within that 60s pop family, for sure.
1: And the lyrics were based on a true story, correct?
5: They were based on a true story. (laughs) Uh,
1: To to tell it as quickly as possible,
5: um, I met this girl through a friend of a friend and took an interest in her and then met her again at a party uh, a few weeks later only to learn you know of course like all the good ones do that she got a boyfriend but i uh, he was leaving for school in another state and so uh you know of course you can't always say what you want to say in the moment but as i was driving home i was just kind of thinking about it and thinking man you know if i could say whatever it was that i wanted to say how would i have presented it and i went home and picked up my guitar and no exaggeration i mean the chords the melody it all just kind of came out naturally and you know that's one of the reasons why I love this song so much is I look back at it now and it says everything that I wanted it to say exactly how I would have said it, albeit with a guitar in my hand. And so I'm just uh, really grateful for how it's turned out and seems like people are connecting with it even more than I could have ever hoped. So, uh, you know, I'm very, very grateful that it's presented itself the way that it has and people are liking it.
1: Can I ask where she is now? Where is she now? <laughs> well, I never saw her again after that party, so Aww. I have no idea.
5: Yeah, so one of those stories that doesn't necessarily have a good resolve, but, you know, maybe not a bad one either. You never know what can happen down the line.
1: That's true. That's true. Who's playing with you on the song?
5: Uh, So I'm playing everything that you hear there. Really? uh, Wyatt Funderburk. Yeah, Wyatt Funderburk, my producer, who works with Kurt Baker and The Connection and uh, some bands like that. He's also in a Beach Boys tribute band called Sail On. Okay. And he's a member of the Explorers Club that do like Beach Boy style original stuff. So mm-hmm. he produced the album, and he plays uh, bass on the song. He plays some backing vocals, and he plays some organ and synth parts that you'll hear peppered throughout. But uh, it's just me and him on everything.
1: You mentioned earlier the the, the guitar that uh, um, was it was it the Stratocaster that your that your big influence um, is that the one that's ah picked- uh,
5: no it's my rickenbacker 12 string oh the rickenbacker 12 string right
1: is that yeah is, is the rickenbacker 12 string is that the one that's pictured on the cover of the um the picture that uh i guess that's the album is that the album cover that that i got or is that just the same it is yep okay
5: yep so on the album cover you'll see my rickenbacker 12 string and because we're on a Beetle podcast, I can get a little nerdy for a second. Mm-hmm. It's technically a Rickenbacker 36012 V64, which is a George Harrison replica model. Oh, wow. Uh, there's also a 63 model that's like the exact same replica. But the V64 is basically a replica of what Rick was making in the year 1964 uh, after the big Hard Day's Night craze. So, I mean, it is just about as darn close as you can get to... hard days night guitar without you know owning the one that george sweat over for the actual Beatles stuff
1: wow are all the songs on the album as heavily beatle influenced as isabella
5: i would like to think so yeah uh there's one cover song on there it's a cover of uh fountains of wayne uh their song hackensack which again it all ties back fountains of wayne's bass player was adam schlesinger whose name is tough to say but He was the guy that wrote that thing you do for the movie of the same title. So there's always a little tie. Um, Yeah, a little fun fact. He's the bass player for Fountains of Wayne, and he wrote that song. So uh, I really love that song, and it found its way on there. So uh, the other nine songs are definitely, definitely very Beatle-influenced. And, um, you know, I think that Isabella is definitely up there with the most Beatle-influenced. But they've all got that winging drums uh you know the mccartney style bass and everything there's mm-hmm. a song in there called boyfriend that i think a lot of people will hear some Beatle influence on too but uh you know I, I would love to hear from people after the album comes out and hear which ones they think are the most Beatle influence but if you're into that like pre revolver rubber soul and earlier beetle sound this album is a love letter to that era of music for sure
1: uh is uh adam schlesinger is he the guy that worked with the monkeys on uh good times uh that came out yes that's I that thought, is the guy i thought i recognized that name hmm. okay yep yeah
5: you're very very uh perceptive and on it so you know of course that monkeys good times record was really really great and that was a lot of fun and just to give a little aside too uh I'm associate producer on a Mr. Rogers tribute album. That's going to come out October 25th. Oh, wow. And uh, Mickey Dolans, Mickey Dolans is actually one of our artists. And I got to play my Rickenbacker 12 string on his song for the album. So, uh, you know, it was a real honor to play guitar with a monkey. That was really amazing. And, um, that's a real fun 60s pop song too. Did you get to meet Mickey? I did. Yeah, we were, uh, we went to LA for that session and, Man, as a 60s pop fan, that was like one of the best days of my life. So we worked in a studio, uh, in Chatsworth up there. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was a full, full day. I mean, it was like 9 a.m. to like almost one in the morning with two bands. And of course, Mickey Dolan's was our evening session, <laughs> but in the morning we worked with the Cal Sills. And oh, man, they were so, so cool to work with. We <laughs> hung out with them all day and just watching the Cal Sills stack their harmonies is something that, I'll never forget. I mean, I've just talking about it. They're just absolutely amazing, both as performers and as people. And uh, that was a really rewarding day. That was a lot of fun. So I'm excited for people to hear that Mr. Rogers project. So.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I've met Mickey and interviewed Mickey a, a couple of times, but I finally got to meet him in person um, late last year before, uh, at one of their at one of his and uh, Mike Nelson's shows. In fact, just prior to when Mike uh, got, uh, got ill, and uh, he was, it was great to meet him. Uh, it was really fantastic. Um, you also got an endorsement from Jeff Britton, of, formerly of Wings. He said, I love this album. It's my kind of music. Captures a retro pop feel with today's sound. I wish I had played drums on it. Can I ask why he didn't play drums on it? <laughs>
5: The only reason Jeff Britton didn't play drums on this album is because we didn't actually meet until after all the tracking was done. And uh, the CD was literally being pressed at the time that I met Jeff. Um, So just, I'll keep this story very brief. And in fact, you know, maybe we could do another interview on this. Jeff Britton was the drummer for Paul McCartney and Wings in 1974 when they came here to Nashville, Tennessee to do Junior's Farm and Sally G. Those are the two songs they did here uh, of note. And, uh, Jeff came back here for the 45th anniversary of Junior's Farm and he did a show. And, uh, I'm working with a film crew and we're documenting, uh, some of the Jeff Britton history and stuff like that. And I got to know Jeff really well over a course of about three or four days and we kept in touch. And, uh, before he went back, I said, Hey, I've got this album. You know, would you mind if I sent it to you? And, uh, he called me afterward and said, hello, Jonathan, this is Jeffrey Britton. And he left a message basically saying, uh, you know what you just read off. So I'm very, very grateful that Jeff liked it. And, uh, after his time with McCartney, he was a band, he was in a band in the eighties called the keys. And, uh, they're a really, really cool band. They didn't get a ton of publicity cause their album didn't even come out in the U S but it's a really, really great power pop Beatle influenced record. And, uh, He's actually offered, uh, you know, a standing offer to play drums on my next album. Oh, so wow. So when I start recording that year in a few months, uh, Jeff Britton will certainly make an appearance on the next one.
1: Fantastic. How, uh, can I ask how old you are?
5: I'm 23.
1: Oh, my. Um, okay. <laughs> and how long have you been a Beatles fan? Oh, man, about 23 years. <laughs> <laughs>
5: no, I'm kidding, but... Uh, my dad would drive me to preschool. I kid you not listening to the Beatles greatest hits to and from on the way home. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the Beatles have literally just been ingrained in my bloodstream since literally as long as I can remember. Uh, and so, you know, I've just grown up with them and it's really just kind of fermented into my, uh, you know, musical output and my life wouldn't be the same without them. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been a fan for all 23 years on my planet. This, I could venture to say. <laughs> wow. What's your favorite Beatle album? Ooh, my favorite album. I thought you were going to ask for my favorite song.
1: We could do that, too, but I I've, I figured I'd start with the album.
5: Sure. Well, uh, you know, the album is probably Help. I mean, that mm-hmm. album is just so fun from start to finish. And a very, very close second would probably be A Hard Day's Night. Uh, Hmm. you know, largely in part to that Rickenbacker 12 string that works its way in there so often. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like they were at a really great point creatively on A Hard Day's Night. I mean, some of those changes in, uh, like, the middle part of I Should Have Known Better are just amazing. And I Love Her is great. When I Get Home, You Can't Do That. I mean, I just feel like that was really peak rock and roll Beatles for that early era. And they were just really on top of things. So. I love HELP, I love A Hard Day's Night, but my favorite Beatles song is actually from Me to You.
1: Really? That's that's an interesting cho- that's an interesting choice. Why why from Me to You?
5: You know, I'm a really big proponent of when it comes to pop music that is, you know, I know when you have fans like Rush and Pink Floyd, you need 18 minutes to get a whole expression across. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to jangly pop My philosophy is, is if it can't be said in under, you know, three minutes and some change, it's dragging on a little too long. For me to you, just as soon as, you know, the music drops to the last note, it never takes a breather. It never takes a rest. You're just, you know, pulled into the song from start to finish. The harmonies are great. You know, Ringo has some interesting little drum parts there. George's guitar shines through in that little instrumental solo bit in the middle and, I just think, as far as the early Beatles go, everybody gets a moment to shine in that song, and it's one of those songs that, as soon as it's over, I can't wait to hit repeat and hear it again. So, oh, cool. I thought long and hard about it, and that is absolutely my favorite Beatles. Song. Wow,
1: that's that's uh, that's a great that's a great explanation. Where can people see you live? Have you got any uh, upcoming live shows coming uh, coming up? Sure.
5: So if you're in the South, uh, I'm here in Nashville, and I play around at some uh, writer's nights and things like that. Uh, but September 27th, I'll be doing an album release party, uh, kind of pinning down the final details for the venue. So, you know, I'd hate to say it now, but uh, you can look me up on Facebook, Jonathan, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N, Pushkar, P as in Paul, U-S-H-K-A-R. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I put, you know, I'm pretty... Uh, religious about putting up all my dates and things like that so you can keep in contact with me there and uh you know see what's coming up i'm in talks to come up and play in new york city uh and have some stuff for la next year too so i'll be making the rounds that's for sure
1: will the album release party be on the internet by chance is it going to be broadcast live on facebook do you think
5: that's one of those little things that we're still ironing out i'd say there's a pretty good chance it'll be live broadcast but uh you know, until we get everything settled with the venue. It's hard to say, but, you know, for everybody listening, cross your fingers, because that is the plan.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Jonathan Pushkar, for, the, for, for talking to us. The single is Isabella, and it'll be out Friday, August 23rd, on Gem Records. Is that correct, Jonathan? It's actually already
5: out. So for those of you who are geared up by this conversation and want to go give it a listen, you can go right now.
1: So and it'll be out on all the regular spot uh, digital spots, correct?
5: Yep, everywhere you find music, uh, you can find Isabella, and then the full album will be out on digital and on CD uh, September twenty seventh, the same day that the Beatles box set for Abbey Road comes out.
1: What a what a de- what a day that's going to be, right? Wow! Yeah, you
5: can get some late Beatles, you can get some early Beatles with me. You know, you'll <laughs> have the whole thing. <laughs>
1: yep. Will there be a vinyl release or is this only digital, Jonathan?
5: Uh, so the single uh, Isabella is, you know, just digital, of course, but there will be a CD out, too. And uh, if everybody likes the CD and we sell enough of them, we'll press vinyl next year, hopefully. So, uh, you know, if you dig the sound and you'd like to have it on vinyl, you know, let us know.
1: Jonathan, again, thank you very much. And uh, thanks to, to uh, Gem Records uh, for uh, uh, setting, uh, setting up the interview and letting us do this. Um, we'll be right back. And our sincere thanks to Marty Scott at Gem Records for allowing us to play Jonathan's single, Isabella.
0: He's leaving on a plane for Boston in the morning. You knew this day would come and you didn't need a warning. He's going off to school to master architecture. When he takes off tomorrow, then
1: What a cool song that was. Jonathan Pushkar with Isabella. And that's it for now. You can catch our shows on Fab4Radio.com, Beatlesarama.com, and also on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please join our Beatles news and information group on Facebook for the latest in the Beatles world, and check out our That's What I Want Beatles store page on Facebook for gift ideas for yourself or your favorite people, or where you can find links for both contributing editor Candy Leonard's Beatleness book and my Meet a Monkey, Davy Jones e-book. And look for our next show, and please, please, please subscribe, and also rate us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time, this is Steve Marinucci saying,
4: We're seeing you.
3: Keep that one. Market fab.